ECW live cast this week is episode 27 and we are covering ECW Hardcore TV 57 and 58 from May 17th and May 24th of 1994 and we are just coming off of the Supercard when worlds collide I'm Mike Pru along with JV as always JV what's going on same old shit just a different day bud same uh, old shit dog just a different day yeah, excited to see where uh, ECW heads after our coverage of When Worlds Collide 1994. Uh, you know, I know we've got a few bigger names uh, kind of involved in everything right now and on TV for ECW, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, along with Terry Funk, Sandman. So the roster's kind of a lot better than we than it was uh, 20 episodes ago that we covered. <laughs> so. Right, yeah, exactly. You know, back in 1993... Early 1993, so yeah. And I don't, I don't think Arn Anderson and Bobby Eaton are going to be around much longer, but hey, no. I think the people that have been around for a while, they're developing very well at this point, and they're becoming actually interesting to pay attention to at this point. So Yeah, I agree. So we have that, and yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this next chapter, because that was one of the big shows that they had, was When Worlds Collide. And we're on the course to things getting much better and heading on to that road where we're getting into the summer of 1994. And that's when really extreme championship wrestling is created is in the summer of 94. And here we are. It's late May, about to head into June. So we're right on the cusp of that. Okay, so thanks, BTT Army, for joining in again with another episode here on the $5 tier on the Booking the Territory Patreon $5 tier. For this extreme ECW live cast episode. So thanks again. And as always, thanks for your support. And give us continued support on the bottom line wrestling cast that JV and I do each and every week on Wednesdays, where we are covering the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin in the WWF. And we are breaking down his career from 1996 up to the point where we are right now in 2001. Heading to WrestleMania 17 this week. As this episode drops today, it's already available. So that's a big one, WrestleMania 17. So check that out. But also go back into our archives and check out that. So I'm sure if you're a wrestling fan during this time of ECW 1994, and you were a continuing wrestling fan throughout the 90s, you loved the Attitude Era to some extent. So go back and check out our episode, our episodes because we covered a lot of that throughout 
96, 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001. So it's all there. So check out the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. And also check out our Facebook group. Join that. Just go to Bottom Line Wrestling Cast on Facebook and you can join that group. And you can talk ECW. If you don't give a fuck about Stone Cold Steve Austin or the Attitude Era, well, tell us what you give a fuck about ECW on our Facebook group. So there's that. Now, we like to always give out some shout outs if the shout outs come to us. You know, a lot of times it's the same people, but that's fine. You know, they're interactive with us, and we want to be interactive with you as long as you are an active participant on our Twitter, at ExtremeCast. So, yeah, that's what... Actually, that's something I fucking need to bring up at the beginning of the show, is that you can follow us at ExtremeCast on Twitter. And one of our great followers, great listeners, is Rick Beebe. And yes. Rick Beebe has, you know, he's he's gotten the role of being our research department. And yeah, of <laughs> research and development. Yeah, and development. All right. Oh, you just gave him a new role, so now he's going to start yeah. coming up with uh, new segments yeah. for us to do. <laughs> and we're not giving you any more money for it. <laughs> That's welcome, right. Po- welcome to America. <laughs> All right. So Rick Beebe, he brought up to us uh, on Twitter that 911. Because we did mention that we didn't know a whole lot about what happened with 911 going forward from this point in ECW. And I really didn't. And if I did, I forgot. But what he brought up, I vaguely remembered. But he wasn't that important that I even gave a shit about to remember. And that 911 was actually in DC, uh, WCW for a brief period in 1996 and 1997. And he went under the name. He went under a few names, apparently. But one notable name that he went under was Tombstone. So he appeared <laughs> as Tombstone. Tombstone. <laughs> Easy for me to say. And he basically was just wearing the same fucking clothing and giving choke slams. Tombstone. That has to be tied to Undertaker, obviously, right? Like, Yeah, oh, that sounds like a knockoff of... <clears throat> Undertaker for sure. Right. Because like, by 96, 97, Undertaker was doing choke slams. Yeah. But I would say 911 is really one of the originators of the choke slam. When you're looking back at 94, that wasn't a big move in wrestling. A choke slam. No, didn't Elegante do a choke slam? Yeah, Elegante, Sid Vicious, probably around yeah. that time. 92, 93. But yeah, not many people. Obviously, you have to be a big guy to do it. But yeah, so thanks, Rick, for that information. And also, Rick also informed us that 911 would have gotten fired by Paul E, too. Back in, uh, just before he went to WCW 96 for being an asshole to the ring crew. So Paul got into an argument with him and fired his ass because he was treating the ring crew like shit. And I would have imagined that because of his role that we've seen 911 in as being like the handler of Sabu, is this guy was probably on the ring crew himself. But now that he's gotten some popularity, he's treating that ring crew like shit, like he's some big shot now. So I could see that as being Paul's main motivation for bitching him out. He's like, the fuck are you talking to? You were on that fucking <laughs> ring crew, you piece of shit. I brought you up to where you are right now, and you're going to act like this to my crew? Fuck you, you're fired. I can yep. see that happening. Paulie. 
All right, so anyways, thank you, Rick, for that. And uh, one thing that did happen just prior to recording today is another follower, Vince Fears ECW. So that's at Vince Fears ECW on Twitter. In I think he's over in England. And uh, the other ECW podcast, Extreme Podcast, they're linked together, I believe. At least they're associated with each other. But he... At Vince Fears ECW put out a picture of Taz, Tommy Dreamer, and Chris Candido and tweeted at Tommy Dreamer and Taz and asked, you know, what year? You know, how old were you guys in this? Because it looked like they were super young or whatever. So I had seen that and through our Extreme Cast Twitter, I was going back and forth like, oh, I think it's this year because of, you know, Taz has short hair here. And he didn't have short hair until 95 when he broke away from the Tasmaniac gimmick. So I thought that was a telling point. Like, all right, he has short hair, so it's got to be 95 or beyond. And we were just going back and forth with it. So just out of nowhere, I checked my phone and my direct messages, my direct messages, at Extreme Cast, just randomly. I didn't ask for anything. It was Tommy Dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Dreamer just said I saw that you shared that today yeah I just shared it right, you know, maybe an hour, an hour and a half ago or whatever as we record this on Friday night Tommy Dreamer just put 1992 before ECW <laughs> like oh alright thanks Tommy so he's just fucking put it right out there no debate, no nothing, that's when it was <laughs> like alright that makes sense because this was before Taz was really Tasmaniac with the crazy hair he grew it out after that point, if you look at Tommy Dreamer in that picture, Tommy Dreamer was jacked as fuck like he was when we first get introduced to him here in ECW in late to mid-93 or whatever. And Chris Candido, I don't know, he looked jacked as fuck at this point. He, didn't, he doesn't look that big when he goes to WWF, but he was probably told to slow it down, if you know what I'm saying, <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Alright, so with that said, guys, we are going to um, kick off now our next two episodes. As I said, we are going to do episode 57 from May 17th, 1994, but we're going to do it a little differently this time because this episode is coming off of When Worlds Collide, and upon checking it out, like looking at what was to come on the show, now I don't watch the shows ahead of time, but I like to see what the matches are and what the segments are, and it's basically all highlight packages. And clips from When Worlds Collide and even some previous matches from the night the line was crossed. So some, you know, something we covered months ago. It's Mr. Hughes versus Sal Balomo. So JV and I have decided we're, we're going to skip half of the show. Because we don't need to go through all the shit that we just talked about in the last episode. You know, being the Sabu, Bobby Eaton versus Harry Funk on Anderson match. Public yep. Enemy. Uh, what they went through and their promos that they cut a highlight package. So we're going to skip through that. And we're still going to watch along for about 15 minutes of the episode. So the last 15 minutes of the episode has some new stuff. It has a promo from Shane Douglas, Tommy Cairo, Sandman, Pauline, Public Enemy. And then it has a match that we know what the result is, but it's still an important match because... We hate the Pipple here on the Extreme ECW Livecast. And this is the match where Mikey Whipwreck beats the Pipple 
for the TV title. So we know that happens already because it happened just two days before when Worlds Collide. And at when Worlds Collide, Mikey Whipwreck defended against 911. So we know he's already the champ, but this match hasn't been aired yet. So we figured, well, let's watch that match. So we're going to watch the last 15 minutes of the show. So find that episode on the WWE Network right now. It's May 17th, 1994. And the timestamp is going to be 24.48. So 24 minutes and 48 seconds. I'll give you a moment to get that ready. Then, as I always do, I'll give you a countdown. Three down to one. When I say play, we'll all click play. Okay, and while you get ready, there's just one other thing I did have to note about the show is that Maddie in the House is the he's the host of this show. It's a special show. So Maddie in the House special here. And it's called a hostile TV special because what had happened just a week before this episode aired, or just days before it aired, US Today had a Gallup poll. And it was released that Philadelphia is considered to be the most hostile city in America in 1994. And I don't think much has changed since. But at this point, (laughs) they became known as the hostile city. Which, for me, not being from Philadelphia makes sense now because I know that going forward, one of their major shows as a supercard show and then eventually a pay-per-view or a few pay-per-views, I believe, we're called the Hostile City Showdown. So that becomes the nickname of Philadelphia. At least in ECW, they become the Hostile City. And it was Maddie in the Hostel. <laughs> Maddie in the Hostel <laughs> TV special. <laughs> so it, it's still go. It, I would say go back and watch it on your own. You know, it's fun because Maddie in the House has his little segments where he's just yelling and screaming, being Maddie in the House. You know, JV and I love. But. We didn't want to just go through all the same shit again. But worth checking out on your own if you want to. But watch along with us now at that 24-48 minute mark. And I'll get the countdown right now. Because you have plenty of time. Three. Two. One. Play. Oh, there he is. (laughs) Fanny in the house. (laughs) He's going nuts here. Love Maddie in the house. Athletes here in ECW. Oh yeah. They're putting over hostile. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the ECW heavyweight. All right, so we're gonna get a promo from Shane Douglas right now. So this is brand new. Let's take a listen. USA Today prides themselves on being the best paper in the country, and it took them this long to figure out what Shane Douglas has known all along: Philadelphia. The most hostile city in the United States today. This past Saturday night, you witnessed live, those of you that could afford it, when worlds collide. The hottest wrestling show in the country today. But you see something. They didn't come to the building to see Terry Funk. (laughs) No, sir, because I beat him for the gold. They didn't come to see Jimmy Superfly Snooker, Sabu, Kevin Sullivan, or any of the rest of them. They came to see the man who claims to be the real deal. The man who holds the gold. The franchise, the new dynasty in wrestling today. Indeed, when I walked down to the ring that night and I saw thousands of people, record-setting crowd, drop to their knees 
and give me the sign that everything was all right, that they respected the man that calls himself the franchise. You see, when I walked down to the aisle, I got the respect finally that I deserved from the ECW fans. Thousands of people on their feet. You see, Todd Gordon, I told you seven months ago when I came here that I would help set attendance records, that I would help set TV ratings records, and I am what I say I am. I've done it all. We set the attendance record this past week, but for those of you in Philadelphia that couldn't afford to come to the building to see it live, I'm a nice guy. I'm going to B-roll it for you. I'm going to give you just a tiny little taste of what you missed. Live at ECW Arena. Cameraman, B-roll the tape. Philadelphia, you can thank the franchise. I'm sure many people got free tickets. <laughs> Every time you see that guy, wouldn't you just like to reach for the TV set, slap him in the face, and take that belt? Betty in the house looks like it'll fuck some people up. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It's weird that he was not like a wrestler. Right. I wonder if there's some background. Rick Beebe, get on it. Was Maddie in house ever involved in actual wrestling? Yeah, was he ever a wrestler? Yeah. Seems like he's big enough to be. Right. I mean, this guy is. All right, Tommy Carr is all fucked up, no teeth, but yeah. let's see what he has to say. Oh, listen to what he has to say. Oh, fuck, nothing. He has no. nothing to say. <laughs> he just got fucked up by Sandman. <laughs> we got Sandman basically in full form here now. Best mullet in the business. <laughs> oh, and he fucking just whacks away with the singer. Pay your bills, he says. All right, let's listen to this promo with Sandman and Woman. All you had to do was pay. I gave you a bargain basement price, Tommy Cairo. $100. It must have been for about three weeks. Your bill could have been a couple thousand dollars, Tommy. But no, I wanted to be a nice guy. I wanted to give you a break. A hundred hour bill, Tommy. How does your head feel now? How does your back feel now? Don't you wish you would have paid the hundred dollars, Tommy Cairo? It was all simple. It only would have cost a little money, but instead it cost blood. Peaches, what was going through your mind when you were on top of me in that ring? I know what was going through my mind. I looked up and I saw this. I saw a woman next to me. Something that you couldn't accomplish in 10 lifetimes is be this woman. Woman, when I looked at you, Peaches was down on the mat. You know, there's a lot of things that went through my mind. What most went through my mind was I realized how great you are and how far I know that you're gonna take me in this business. Why, thank you, Sandman. And that's just the beginning. I've been known to enhance a few careers. Come with me and find out how far we can go. <laughs> what a voice. Jeez. Yeah, oh! <laughs> Damn. There was, there was one clip when uh, Sandman was pulling back to whack Tommy Cairo. He whacked Peaches. I didn't notice that last episode on When Words Collide that he like inadvertently whacked Peaches. On his backswing. I didn't notice that either. Oh, old school $50 bills. Ah, nice. Look at that money. All right, so Paulie's paying off public enemy. Now let's take a listen to this guy now. Always got something good to say. That will take more of an athletic toll on a human being than boxing, hockey, baseball, or football. Who is this man who has these dreams of John Crook? 
Who is this man that thinks he can stand up to two hoodies? Two men that have been through every hood in America. South Central LA, Harlem, the Bronx, South Philly, Halstead Street in Chicago. Who is this man? that refuses to quit professional wrestling? Who is this man that comes out here and thinks these are Tully Blanchard copies? Who is this man that thinks this is some big conglomerate with Jane Fonda making workout videos? Who is this man that thinks this is gonna be some stinking legends match? Who is this man that wants to drag his 55-year-old brother right down into the graveyard with him? Who is this man that refuses to die? Who is this man that refuses to quit the sport that has fed his family? Who is this man that has a death wish that wants to enter the ring with his brother by his side and force the public enemy to commit something so heinous that they're going to go back to where they started, that they're going to go back to three square meals a day? Who in the funk is this man? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was awesome. What a promo there. Holy shit. June 24th, the Funk Brothers, Terry and Dory versus the Public Enemy. That's going to be a good one. And you get Sandman yeah. versus Tommy Cairo on that card. I think this is one of the super cards. So we might actually be covering that as a super card. I think it. I think, I think they said another Singapore Kane match, too. Oh, is it? Yeah. There you go. This guy will kill the rest of the episode. <laughs> Well, they got the match. Yeah, it's the match. All right. So it does kill the rest of the episode. I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> All right. So Jason and Pitbull. So we know Pitbull is the champion here, the TV champion. We already talked about Mikey Whipwreck wins the title here, but let's see how it all goes down. The underdog, Mikey Whipwreck. Sexiest man on earth, Jason. Want to be Rick Martel? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, he's from the Pine Barrens. Pine Barrens is a fo fucking forest. <laughs> fucking jacked. <laughs> is jacked as fuck. Now that is an impressive athlete. Who the hell's talking? <laughs> is that Jay Sully? That? Yeah, it's Jay Sully. Jay Sully's on this match. He was doing um, some interviews. Yeah, it's more like a backstage correspondent. Right. Now he's back on the color. It's weird, though, because it doesn't sound like commentary. Sounds like he did this. Set, like, it doesn't sound live. Right. It's not live, and they didn't have the capability to make the audio sound good enough to make it feel like it was live. Jason opting not to give instructions to the pitcher. Oh, yeah, this sucks. He doesn't really have to. It's like an audio book. Yeah, that, that's how he's read. Like, that's... Yeah. Chapter one. <laughs> right. I'm saying reading because it does seem like he's reading. Yeah, it's like Paulie gave him the script, and that's how he's reading it. He's pip all over Mikey Whip. Mikey Whip can't talk. I'm not talking anymore. <laughs> 
So Pitbull is uh, slamming away on Mikey Whipwreck in the corner of the ring, and now he's got his got his knees right into his neck, and he's slamming down on there. Jay Sully, I was gonna about I was about to say that. Shut the fuck up, Jay Sully. I'm taking over commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Pitbull just body slammed Mikey Whipwreck down. He's ragdolling him around because he's this big bass, and we know Mikey is the underdog here. Nice and Segura kick from Pitbull. Mikey nice Whipwreck. sell by Wick Mikey Whipwreck. Yes, yeah, for sure. Nice little forward roll. And the Pitbull is relentless. All right, Pitbull puts on a Boston Crab. Camel Clutch, rather. I'll break his back. I'll break his neck. So the match looks to be handily in control of the Pitbull. Hey, keep in mind, that's not the Tasmaniac. Jay Sully needs to fucking go. What's he doing here? Keep in mind, he is not fighting Tasmaniac. He needs, he needs a partner. How come there's nobody sitting with He's him? He's not Joey Styles, that's for sure. <laughs> right. Can't put Jay Sully on here alone. Now, just listening to Jay Sully on commentary alone shows how great Joey Styles is. Yeah. <laughs> Joey Styles brings the excitement. And he just knows all the talking points, too. Yeah, that's true. And what to emphasize and what different things, like, outside of this match to talk about. When there's nothing going on. Because if nothing's going on in this match, Jay Sully has nothing to say. You know, that's one thing that we've learned to do over time of doing watch-alongs. Is if nothing good's going on, we get a bullshit. <laughs> Just get a bullshit about something. Pitbull is now working on the outside of the ring with Mikey Whipwreck, just tossing his ass around. Slammed him on the guardrail, slammed him on the ropes. Jason is distracting the ref, wearing his blue pants instead of black pants. He's got black stripes with blue pants on. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? Jim Molino, you dumbass. And I'm gonna, I'm just saying it's Jim Molino. I don't give a fuck if it's John Finnegan. You're Jim Molino right now. Oh, that bad decision, Pitbull. He had him pinned. Picked up on two. Getting a little cocky here. <laughs> Slams his head into the mat. Yeah. Nice. I love belly to belly and belly to back suplexes. Yeah, so do I. But it's kind of like an insult to Taz. That's why the Pitbull did it. Yeah, I can do your moves too, Taz. Because that's yeah. the, what the real feud is. The next night, or, or two days later, rather, from this match happening, it was supposed to be Pipple versus Taz for the title. Pussy-ass Jason. Cheap shot. <laughs> with his little band-aid. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Nelly. <laughs> it's getting hot here. <laughs> We're going down, down. <laughs> down, down, baby. Oh, what's he doing? Edge. Yeah, raises his edge. The fuck? Oh, he... oh no. Power bomb. Power bomb. 
Hey, but he set up like the razor's edge, and this is May '94, yeah. so Razor was doing that already. Oh, here comes Taz. Oh, okay. So this makes sense. All right, Pitbull goes after Taz. Taz is hanging on to the ropes now. Mikey Whipwreck knows. I'm a like Mikey Whipwreck. Fucking, fucking Pitbull. Why can't I talk? <laughs> I don't know, man. Pitbull. Yeah. <laughs> damn Pitbull. Damn Whipwreck. Pitbull knows karate now. Apparently, is what I was trying to say. <laughs> well. No, his shoulders oh. up. What the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> All right, so Pitbull did some, like, weird karate shit to Taz, knocked him off the ropes, and then fell on the mat. And Mikey Whipwreck landed backwards on him, covering him. But the whole time, Pitbull's shoulders were up. The referee made the three count. Mikey Whipwreck wins the TV title. And the big fuck up. I mean, the referee should have... The pumped, though. Yeah, the crowd loves it. The referee should have noticed, but it's totally Pitbull's fault. Yeah. It's Pitbull. You know you're not going over. So fucking get your shoulders down. And it's not like there's going to be a comeback to this storyline where it's going to be like, oh, I had my shoulders up. Because you're a heel. Yeah, they, you're a heel. Just, they, just, they just straight transition away. Right. Wow. Oof, man. What a bad ending there. Yeah. Still cool. It's cool. It was cool to see the crowd's reaction and how like over Mike Whipwreck. Mikey Whipwreck is. He's the hardest name to say in the planet. <laughs> Whipwreck. Whipwreck. Yeah. Mikey Whipwreck. <laughs> ah man, what a win by Mikey Whipwreck. <laughs> That's gonna be a thing then. Just go. Yeah. Mikey. Yeah. Mikey, oh, Mikey Whip. <laughs> yeah. Mikey Whipwreck. <laughs> All right, so we have Mikey Wibbubah. He's the new TV champion. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to conclude this episode, brief episode for you guys following along as you watch along with us. But uh, like I did say, go back and check out the beginning of it for just some highlights and hear Maddie in the house lose his fucking mind. Pretty funny. But we're not going to cover that here. We don't waste any time there. We've given you two jumbo episodes the past past month. So this one hopefully will be a little shorter. <laughs> And with that said, we're going to take a quick little break, and we do have a music break, and it's a classic ECW song. It is White Zombie, Thunder Kiss, 65. Talked about it on the last episode. We knew it was coming up eventually. Frank Galvez even had requested it, but I did uh, I did dig back into some of the um, archives of ECW and realized that the opening segments that we had been you know, JV and I just kind of been bullshitting through for like two minutes at the beginning of each episode where they're just showing highlights of what's going on for like the past week, two weeks or whatever. Thunderkiss 65 has been playing in the background of that on their on the original episodes. So with that said, we're playing that song. That becomes a classic ECW song from this point onward. So we're going to play it here as we take this first break. And then we'll be back with episode 58 from May 24th, 1994. So enjoy it. Fucking badass song.
right, we're back now for episode 58 of ECW Hardcore TV for May 24th, 1994. Hope you enjoyed that White Zombie Thunder Kiss 1965. Hell of a song. And we're ready to move on, right? Right on to this next episode. Right on to May 24th, 1994. We're actually going to cover an actual episode, or hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I, I mean, <laughs> ECW has come to the point where they like to be a highlight show and a hype show for their big shows coming up that they want people from Philadelphia or from, yeah, from Philly. Yeah, from Philly to go to. And, you know, we don't always get a whole lot of matches sometimes. There's a lot of promos, but on this card, there's three big matches, and we're going to kick off with uh, some highlights of what we just watched, which was the Mikey Whipwreck. Mikey Wobble 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 <laughs> defeating the Pitbull. So we'll get you guys set up right now. So go to May 24th, 1994 on the WWE Network. And we got a 40-minute episode, uh, 40 minutes, 21 seconds. So find that episode, and I'll give you a countdown as usual, three down to one. And then I'll say play, and when I say play, we'll all click play. Make sure we're all situated here. I'm good to go. JV, are you ready to go? Are yes. You, are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. All right. So let's begin here. Three, two, one, play. All right. Oh, so, it's Mikey Whipwreck again. Yeah. So it's the match that we already knew happened weeks ago, and it's the match that we just watched moments ago. And we're getting the uh, the final moments of the match, but and here, all right, here's the the shitty finish. So let's look, let's take a look at this again because we kind of got we lost our mind at the end of this. So yeah, so Pitbull does a fucking little super karate kick, knocks. <laughs> he misses the second kick that gets tangled in the ropes. That's one thing we didn't mention. <laughs> he gets tangled in the ropes, and he's holding his balls. Oh, my balls hurt. My balls hurt. And that's when Mikey lays on him while Pitbull's elbow, the shoulder rather, is up still. What a shitty finish. I'm looking forward to see where they go with this, with Mikey Whiprick as the champ. And if Pitbull's going to say anything about having his shoulders up. And the only reason why he couldn't get up is because his balls hurt. Like, what kind of, like, dickhead dude thing is that? Like, oh, I couldn't get up. Oh, my balls hurt. <laughs> my balls hurt. Oh, that's why I lost. I fell on my big balls because I'm such a man. All right, let's take a look at a little. Wow, Mikey Whipper looks like a little boy here. Let's take a listen. Mom, I did it. I won the ECW television title. And just after three How months, he here? I'm the champion. And even if I die next week... And I, I might, I'm Jake. Take a look in a second. They can never take away the fact that I've been the champion. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Lucky, I hope you realize as the new ECW television champion, you're going to have to defend that belt. I will. I won't be a closet champion. I'll defend against everybody. Anybody. Any idea of who your first title defense might be with? I have no idea. Jay, I don't know who. Kevin Sullivan. Oh. Kevin Sullivan? <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, God. He says, oh, God. All right, so Mikey Whipwreck is born June 4th, 1973. 
So this is 1994. So he's 21 years old or just about to be. Yeah, just about to be 21. So he's 20. 20 year old boy here. <laughs> wow. And here we get the opening. Mikey, you have right. 20 years old. 5'9 from Long Island, New York. Still a kid. 187 pounds is his build weight. Probably even less than that at the time. And all the highlights in this opening package are Mikey Whipwreck related. And Pitbull, yeah. But yeah, all really tied to Mikey Whipwreck. That's because he's the new TV champ. But this is when they would be playing Thunderkiss 65 now. Is during these openings. 1960! Yeah! Wow! Mike Awesome looking awesome there. That clip that they just showed. A lot of Mr. Hughes here. Beating the <laughs> fuck out of Mikey Whipwreck. <laughs> I like the underdog story here. This is like the original Daniel Bryan story. <laughs> it is. Hey, that's exactly what I thought. I was going to say it, but I was like, eh. You don't see it often, though. We don't have no. these stories often. Hey, I want to go back. Paul Heyman must have been working in WWE at the time. He's probably a big supporter of this story. It's like, hey, I did it with Mikey Whipwreck fucking back in 1994. Fans love that shit. And they do. Fans love seeing somebody that's not supposed to win beat the dickheads that always think they're going to win. Yep. Especially this numbnuts pitbull that gets his balls tangled on the rope and oh I can't wrestle anymore because my balls hurt. Ba -da, da, 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 da. I think I said my balls hurt like five times already. <laughs> 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 there he is, Mikey Whipwreck. The ECW Eastern Championship Wrestling TV champion. Oh, I like how they have the graphic over the actual video footage. Oh, we're going right into this match now? Mikey Whipwreck, defending champion. Like he's John Cena. He's open challenge. I'm going to defend against anybody. <laughs> and here comes Kevin Sullivan. Alright, so they got some kind of fucked up music playing where we can't listen to what's actually being said. Alright, here's Mikey Whipwreck. Hey, everyone's... You would think, though, at sometimes like with a Philly crowd that they would be shitting on him. But yeah. They like it. Alright, so just to give you a perspective of when this match happened, uh, the night before was May 12th where he beat Pipple to win the title. This is the next night. This is May 13th. Mikey Whipwreck's now defending against Kevin Sullivan. He's actually going to defend the title three times in this night on May 13th. And then the next night, May 14th, is when worlds collide. And that's when he ends up defending successfully BDQ against 911. So they're putting him right through the fucking gamut here to defend his title three times in a night. We won't see all those matches here on this episode. 
Like you were right defending in that damn title. <laughs> oh, Sullivan's right into it. Ready oh, for yeah. the pain. Bringing the pain on Mikey. Oh, yeah. Grabs him right in right away. Now they're working right on the outside of the ring. Kevin Sullivan's going to slam right into that guardrail. Right over the guardrail. Shit, whoever that big bastard was in the front row, he should be wrestling. They're just throwing chairs. The crowd looks so empty. I mean, a lot of people clearing away, but... Does look like an empty audience. That kid has a hacked up haircut, I just noticed. You see that? <laughs> yeah, I thought it too, yeah. Fucking <laughs> <Okay>, blind barber. <laughs> a fade that doesn't fade. Yeah. Who gave you a haircut, Helen Keller? <laughs> His grandpa. Miracle Kid, Mikey Whipwreck. I like it. Yeah, Paul Heyman's doing a great job on commentary putting over that Mikey Whipwreck is just this you know, one-night wonder, basically. And he's going to lose the title right away. All knowing that that's not the plan. So, you know, obviously because Paul, he's on commentary, he's going to try to put this over. He doesn't stand the chance. It's all the opposite. <laughs> Everything he's saying is the opposite of what he means. Although Paul Heyman's new stick has been a lot different where whatever he says does come true. Hey, look at that dude in the front row. He's got the TV title. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fell on the ground. He picked it up. Like, ah, I got the TV title. And he just ran, ran away. <laughs> like, give me that back. Give me that belt back. Man, they're working hardcore. This is a hardcore match. Kevin Sullivan's working with the table. Alright, so I guess I gotta talk about the elephant in the room that may be going unnoticed. But I just took notice and JV you probably you didn't even think about it, but who's missing? Who's missing from this match? Joey Styles. Yeah, Joey Styles. There's no again. Joey Styles. It sucks. Right, again. So here's a little news on this. Joey okay. Styles as reported on the May thirtieth of May 30th, um, 1994 Observer, Wrestling Observer, Joey Styles is no longer with ECW. What? Joey Styles apparently quit over wanting more money. So, Paul fired him, and he left. But, he'll be back in, like, less than a month. <laughs> I wonder if he gets his money. <laughs> I wonder, too. <laughs> I'll have to look to see if there's any information about him actually getting... Paid when he comes back. Yeah, like, who gave him there? Who caved? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bet Joey Styles is like, well, I gotta get paid, so I gotta go back. <laughs> it's probably... Or ECW realizes how fucking... Valuable he is. Valuable it is. Right, after listening to Jay Sully and Paul after doing more work on commentary. That guy's got a Jason mask on or something. Oh, no. Just a generic mask on. And the f You see him behind the pole? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I see something generic, some kind of shitty mask. 
Yeah. All right. All right. So Mikey's in the tree of woe, and the referee seems to has gave a DQ here because Kevin Sullivan <laughs> did it. Yeah. So Mikey retains via DQ because Kevin Sullivan wouldn't stop kicking him while he was in the corner. I was like, "Fuck it, I want to keep kicking him now." <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, the kid, fuck it. Boom. We got nothing left to win. Oof. Well, what a hell of a hardcore match here. Yeah. This is one of the more hardcore matches we've seen. I mean, we've had our fair share, right? You can feel the energy in the crowd, though, that this is... You can see it transitioning into the ECW that we eventually... Right, you know, becomes the norm. Fall in love with, right. Kevin Sullivan just loses his mind on Mikey Whipwreck here. But hey, Mikey Whipwreck still holds on to the title. Still the champ. It's still it's so funny that he Look at this baby face bandit. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> he remains the champion, but he he never beats anybody. <laughs> he got that one sneaky win. Alright. Shane, Shane Douglas. Alright, we gotta listen to Shane. Ooh, I like that. I'm not an entertainer. All right, so what I was going to say about Mikey Whipwreck is that it, it's it's just great that his whole gimmick is basically he continues to be the champion even though he doesn't beat anybody. Yeah. So, so he's not he's not he's not making anybody else look like shit. Like Kevin Sullivan's not taking a loss to him. You know, Pitbull he took the loss, but it was in a work. Weird circumstance. Right. And then there'll be a couple more defenses to come with Mikey Whipwreck where it's, like I said earlier, it's going to be DQ defenses. But he's not putting any of them over. <laughs> it's just a cool gimmick. I like it. This music or, sucks. Yeah, this music blows. I don't know what music was supposed to be used yeah. here. But it's a public enemy package. And it's just more of the same shit. The oh. New York Knicks gear on, which we fucking we really belabored detail about. Yeah. yeah, we have nothing else to say about the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, so you had the public enemy highlight video package. Yeah, there's gonna be a run of highlight packages in this portion of the show. Man, it's just the music <laughs> blows. Jim Duggan impersonation there at the two by fours. Oh, JT Smith. Okay, fucking finally. Thank <laughs> God. Shitty ass drum. What is this? Music's awful. <laughs> this is just like a compilation of shit music playing. Now it's a Terry Funk segment. Whoa, man, this music blows. All right. Yeah. And if this music continues to suck, we're going to fast forward and go <laughs> and, and, rest, and restart a timestamp. <laughs> it sounds like it's from an 80s sitcom. Like a shitty one no one remembers. I think we... Like a ripoff of, like, the Cosbys. <laughs> Let's lay out for just a moment so people can hear this. And make sure you put the, put the audio up for this. <laughs> yeah. Based on 10. 
Alright, so at this point right now, Terry Funk has the plastic bag over Paul Heyman's head. And it's like Alf is about to jump in <laughs> and be like, Hey guys, how you doing? I'm Alf. Or it's like, uh, or it's like Mr. Belvedere is about to begin. <laughs> how many cats? <laughs> I like cats. <laughs> Isn't that crazy that you had a character that fucking ate cats? And Elf. Yeah. <laughs> this was the cats. That was a, like a running gag on that show. There's only better hide the cats. So I'm gonna eat them. Fuck. That would be funny if Alf was brought back, but recreated as like a Seth MacFarlane show. <laughs> like Seth MacFarlane recreates Alf. I think that would work. Maybe that's what he was going for with Roger on American Dead. Like that's his elf character. Now we got another shitty song in this Tommy Dreamer package. <laughs> this shit sucks ass. Alright, alright, we're, we're almost done with this. It's, yeah. It's almost... I'm looking ahead in my notes to see what the next segment is, and it's a promo by Paulie. So, <laughs> let's get there, please. Come on. When is it? Ooh. Streets of Rage music. All right, so I'm, I'm looking at the network little uh, little timestamps that they have and the little descriptions of what the next segment is. This is going to be pretty good. All right. Let's listen to t Paul Heyman here. I have a catchy title attached to it. Don't you people hate all the hype? Don't you people hate all the promotion? Don't you hate how complicated life has become? Let me simplify it for you, okay? June 3rd, 1994. Sabu versus Two Cold Scorpio. It's as good as wrestling gets. You want hardcore wrestling? June 3rd, 1994. Sabu versus Two Cold Scorpio. You want death-defying maneuvers? June 3rd, 1994. Sabu versus Two Cold Scorpio. You want hardcore action? June 3rd, 1994. Sabu versus Two Cold Scorpio. You want aerial maneuvers? June 3rd, 1994. Sabu versus Two Cold Scorpio. You take Two Cold Scorpio with his 360 splash and his dives over the top rope. This is one of the greatest athletes I or Sabu have ever seen. You impress the both of us, my man. Every time I have witnessed your matches, I sit there, my jaw drops to the floor, I sit there in awe. What an incredible athlete you are. You're one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen. You are probably the most homicidal, the most suicidal, the most genocidal athlete I have ever seen in the sport of professional wrestling. With the exception of one man. And that man happens to be managed by me, Paul E. Dangerously. And that man is Sab Burke. Right, so right. Two Cold Scorpio is coming. Two Cold Scorpio on the way to ECW against Sabu. I always like Two Cold Scorpio. Hell yeah. And I think he gets even better when he's here. When I first started watching ECW in around 95, he was still <laughs> around. Or I was watching tapes from when he was around. I thought Holy it was fucking shit, awesome. I didn't even know he was there. I didn't even know Two Cold Scorpio was in WCW. I just thought he was like an ECW original. But he jumps in here at this point. But yeah, you're right. Paul Paul's goatee sucks ass. <laughs> and he's he's wearing what 
anybody would be wearing back in 1994 is the brand new Florida Marlins hat. I'm sure Which barely fits. He's like he's on two notches. Two, two notches. Yeah, I was gonna say that earlier with his other hat. He had three notches. I was like, he has a fucking big ass head. Big head, Paulie. Paul Heyman. How about Paul fucking Headman? Yeah. <laughs> I like this. This was yes, awesome. That was awesome when Terry Funk smacked the shit out of Paul smacked Heyman. Him. Talking shit about his kids. As he should. How cheap does he look, though? Paul Heyman tries to look like he's some professional wearing suits and whatnot, but then he has his fucking shitty-ass Florida Marlins hat on. All right, Terry Funk promo, all bloodied up. This must have been right after when worlds collide. Well, let's take a listen. I'm the person that's coming to town, to Philadelphia, the most hostile town in the world today. I'm the man that's coming with the hospital in this hand, the graveyard in this hand, and his brother standing behind his back. Who are we? We are the Funk Brothers. And believe you me, we are going to come together for the first time in a decade and for you people in Philadelphia and for you Philadelphia fans that like hardcore stuff that love it tough well that's the way we like it and we are going to be there for you I promise you that and I promise you that I am not going to take a beating, nor is my brother going to take a beating, and you are going to get a treat that nobody else in the United States is going to get again. You are going to have the Funk Brothers the first time back in damn near a decade. And you're going to have the chance to see them, not only in the ring, but beat the hell out of some people. So come on out. Come on out. If you've got the guts, if you've got the stomach for it, come on out. And I know the people in Philly do because we're hostile. 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 Hostile, baby. Harry <laughs> <laughs> Funk really knows how to get shit over, though, so he'll make him teaming up with his old brother, Dory Funk, into something you want to watch. <laughs> What the fuck is this? Keith Shira against Chad Austin. What the fuck is this? Java City match? What were, what were we supposed to call him? Lukewarm Chad no, Austin. Uh, lukewarm, yeah. Lukewarm <laughs> Chad Austin. <laughs> dun, 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 Chad Austin. Lukewarm. <laughs> <laughs> The Garden Snake. <laughs> Alright, so hey, what do we got here? Outside Luke Warm's going over in this match. Gotta be, right? Or does yeah. or alright, here's a prediction. 
911 comes out and choke slams the fuck out of these guys. That's what I would book. <laughs> if this is just going to be a regular match, and eh, what the fuck? Where's, where's this going? I feel like 911 needs to come out and fucking put on a show. Alright, so I guess this is more of just a discussion of what Paul E. wants to do. <laughs> he wants to just put over Shane Douglas and the storylines during this match. And there was, this is from the May 13th taping also. There was plenty of matches that are not used on the episodes that I looked ahead. I don't know why they chose this one. <laughs> Look at those tights, though, on Keith Shira. I swear we saw someone, like, had those already. Yeah, his like brother. Like man, or is his brother. Yeah, so there's Keith Shira and I think Don Shira, something like that. We've talked about it, but they both have Tell the same. Wrestling? Yeah. They both have the same tights. But how, come they're, my tights? how come they're not tagging up with each other? <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, shitty ass bump. Chad Austin just <laughs> got back body tossed, but fucking landed on his knees rather than his back. Hey, that, I don't think that's Shara's fault. I think that's lukewarm Chad Austin's fault. <laughs> I think he just maybe had too much momentum. Oof, that was nice, suplex. That was nice. I mean, good working together there. Chad Austin selling the shit out of it, too. Who the fuck is this other announcer here? I don't know. He doesn't finish his words, though. <laughs> choco! A choco! Choco! Hold Shitty, shitty clothesline attempt. I hate this move. This is one of my least favorite fucking moves in a wrestling match. Well, when the well, guy's on the back of it in a sleep hold. Because it always leads to slamming them into the corner. Yeah, this fucking <laughs> sucks. <laughs> well, hey, how much experience do these guys have? <laughs> it's one of their go-tos that they learned in school. Oh! Oh, man! That was a horrible body slam. Oh, that was dangerous. Like, yeah, I fucked up. Oh. Hands in here. Even the fans are pointing it out, too, by lifting their hands. These guys have no cardio. They're so tired. Lukewarm can hardly fucking jump over them. Oh, end of the match. End of the match. Sloppy. All right, Sloppy. good. Over. Shitty. Shittiest match ever. <laughs> I don't know why these guys don't make it because they don't have it. Oh, they're not practicing hard enough. Why was this match on TV? I know, right? <laughs> Oh, they just fucking don't even talk about it. They just leave. They were just filling time. Yeah, look at that three count with his shoulders up. Yeah, <laughs> now they're replaying Mikey Whipwreck winning the title when Pipple clearly has his shoulders up. And they never even mention it on commentary or anything. Not even, like, use it. Like, wouldn't you think Pipple would come out and say something like, use that? <laughs> what? 
Who is this talking? I don't know. Hey, you never know. Ugh, it's awful. Who the hell is on commentary on this show? They may have said it. We just talked over it, but... Fuck. But Chad Austin just won that match against Keith Shera in the shittiest, sloppiest match that we've probably seen here. And then right after that, they announced that now Chad Austin is getting a title shot against Shane Douglas next week. That is fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, at this point now, we're getting a clip of Public Enemy from When Worlds Collide during the main event match. Public Enemy had ran out and attacked Terry Funk. Oh, now we're moving on to a big... Mr. Hughes! Mr. Hughes! Fucking Mr. Hughes, bitch! Mr. Hewley. Oh, earlier today, what's Shane Douglas have to say? I knew that there weren't many people I could rely on. Sherry Martell, yes. But there was the toughest man in ECW, indeed the toughest man in wrestling today, that I knew I could trust on. I paid him damn good I money to make Undertaker sure one. that when I stepped into the ring with Terry <laughs> Funk, that he'd I take care of anybody, throw bodies around, do whatever needed to be done to make sure that Terry Funk was on the bottom side of a one, two, three count. Take a look at him, Philadelphia. Take a look at him, America. The toughest man in wrestling today. Tommy Dreamer. Ron and Don Harris, the Bruise Brothers. When you think you're going to lay your filthy, stinking hands on me this week, think again, because I pay the toughest man in the world, Curtis Hughes, to make sure that you don't touch me. The only people that's going to touch me, Mr. Hughes, you make sure those beautiful women with those soft, supple hands that rub all down my back after this match, <laughs> and you beat the hell out of anybody you want to. <laughs> Tell him, big man. That's right. You see, I got this call a while back saying, hey, I need you to do something funny. And a long time ago, I got that same call from another man called Lex Luger. I stepped in front of that man, and we got the gold. Now, I'm stepping in front of this man. You see, he's got the gold now. You can understand me when I say, I am the man. Don't nobody steps in front of this man. I am the boss. You see, I am from the hood. The bricks, as they say in New York City. Now then, I am the man coming in, ECW. You see, he's got the gold now. Everybody that Mr. Hughes associates with gets to go now you tall ugly looking skyscraping boys as they call the bruise brothers you don't know what a bruise is until i give it to you and then what's that ugly guy that they call himself tommy dreamer boy i got something for you come and get it they call the sidewalk <laughs> slam you want to get in front of this man you gotta go through me boy nothing more need be said <laughs> that was a fucking great promo by mr Hughes. yes it was yes it was i've actually liked his promos well, his promos were kind of silly at first, and a very short. Not, but that was awesome. That was he. He covered everything. He he mentioned everybody. I think it helped having Shane Douglas there. Gave him some more confidence because he could bounce off of Shane. But that was a hell of a promo, and he just looked cool and relaxed. We haven't seen him like that before. I, I mean, I guess you you've liked some of his promos, but I don't think we've ever like both popped oh. for him. Just, yeah, yeah. Even that was... Uh, I would, I no, it's not. for it. No, I'm just saying, like, whoa, we liked it. That's what I mean. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. But that was fucking good. Because I went into listening to him thinking, oh, what the fuck is he going to say? He beat the Undertaker again or something? 
I mean, he did bring up Lex Luger, <laughs> but but from there he went on to talk some shit, and he had a cool attitude. Yeah, I don't give a fuck what they're saying. Yelling into the mic. Now, one thing I do want to bring up, though, with the promos. And I don't know if you noticed this. With all the promos that we've listened to on this episode, and even the last one, even the short portion of the last episode we listened to, they put, they, they're piping in crowd noise during a, during a promo. Did you notice that? No. Yeah, so while while they're giving promos, you just hear, like, chatter of the crowd. As if it's happening while the crowd is there. Like, ah, ah. like it's distracting. And it, and it fucks up the audio, I think. It's not as clear. Because usually you won't hear the crowd. Alright, so we got a shit show going on here in this big 18 tab. Eight-man eight tag match. Todd Gordon's here. We haven't seen him in a while. Oh, Terry Funk is kicked out of this match. Alright, so, so it's supposed to be the Bruce Brothers, Tommy Dreamer, and Terry Funk against Shane Douglas, Public Enemy, and Mr. Hughes, but Terry Funk's been kicked out of this match. Now it's looking like a handicap match. <laughs> and what kind of match are we going to get here? <laughs> Already fucking a mess. There's no control so here. No. But hey, it's a battle. <laughs> the fan just gave him the chair. Yeah. Here's my chair. Awesome. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> he looked at his friends clapping like, yeah, see, I gave him my chair. Part of the show. <laughs> Look at it. And took it back. Look at it. They all have their chairs out. Jeez. That's well. Cunningham jersey spotted. Well, that becomes a common theme in ECW is that the fans are going to give weapons. Oh, yeah. So here it is. Like I said, we're on the path to extreme championship wrestling. It's just two months away until they become extreme championship wrestling. And who would have thought that we would be at this point already when we started this journey? On Good BTT Patreon five dollar tier. Good question. When we started, it seemed like so long away. Oh yeah, it did. But here we are, and I'm glad we've done it this way because we've seen it. Mm-hmm. We've gone we through it. it. We synced it. I synced that. <laughs> I synced it. <laughs> And it's Thank just God for Heyman. Heyman's uh, commentary. Right. I just really had this other guy. Oh my God! Imagine if we had just what we had of Jay Sully speaking into some fucking uh-huh. random microphone. In a fucking monologue <laughs> over it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that shit sucked. And like I was saying before, Paul, oh really? Paul Heyman is the only one to know the story that he's trying to tell, so he has to be on commentary. Mm-hmm. So this has got to be the reason why Joey Styles was back so quickly is that Paul's like, I can't do all this. <laughs> I can't I can't write promos for people that don't know how to cut promos. and I can't coach them. I can't do the producing. I can't do commentary. Joey, I'll fucking pay you. 
Alright, so Terry Funk needs somebody to help him out. And he's got JT and Mike back there. JT Smith, two of our favorites. Yeah, Mike and JT. Two guys, JT's. two underdogs. Good workers. Mikey just got beat up, so. Alright, JT, you're out there. I love to see that. The production in that building. <laughs> it's just. It's just a, like a defunct room. They're about to build a room, but there's no walls in there yet. It's just. Yeah. They got the. Under construction. <laughs> right. It's all under construction. <laughs> JT Smith in the house here. Two scoop slams back to back on public enemy. Yeah. Bye bye, uh, Mr. Hughes over the top rope. Like it's a Royal He's Rumble. Cracked his head on the table. <laughs> well, he nailed himself on the chair, too. Big left hand from JT Smith. Yeah, the Bruce Brothers are fighting out there. All right, so actually, I have some other news from that same observer, JV. And share. the Bruce Brothers are going to be fired also. Right, oh, after, right after this match. <laughs> Bruce Brothers were fired after last weekend's show because they were too out of control in the audience. Some fans were hurt. So they got fired. Oh, shit. Liability. Yep. Even though they want to let the fans give out chairs, <laughs> some of those fans got hurt. I, well, I guess it was just the beginning of it, so they were like, eh, fuck, you guys got to go. But, you know, good for them because just months later, they're going to be in WWF. Eli and Jacob Blue. They might actually spend a little bit of time in Smoky Mountain Wrestling again. Could be wrong about that, but still. Junior Seau jersey. I love the throwback jerseys. Oh, yes. Yep. Junior Seau right in the middle there. With that mullet. Or Junior Seau tonight. Coming here makes sense. Yeah. Say how's say how's like one of those popular jerseys of the time. Yeah, they'll be in the Super Bowl, I think, the following season against the 49ers. So Stan Humphreys. Yes. Oh shit! JT Smith. Stop the match. Who? Where's the ref? Look at this sloppy ass guy out front with his gray shirt. Oh yeah, he looks like. Uh... What the fuck's going on out there? Yeah, with the rubber made. Yeah, so the battle goes on to the outside. JT Smith had the figure far on Shane Douglas. <laughs> Another questionable finish here. That looked good. All right, we got oh, oh fan cam. wow, first time we get in the ECW fan cam. This becomes a Way big deal. This time. They actually go on to have a series of videotapes called the ECW fan cams. Oh really? That they sell. So for instance, like VHS. Yeah. So. For instance, when ECW came to Fall River, Massachusetts, they would have ECW Fan Cam record the show, and then you could buy the ECW Fan Cam for the Fall River show. So this became like their house show camera, basically. You wouldn't have commentary on it, but you'd just get the whole show. <laughs> Oh, JT Smith. He's fucking pissed off. He just hit the ref down. And he shouldn't be. This guy's been injured. 
Raiders have driven Shane Douglas and Mr. Hughes straight out of the ECW arena. So everybody's run away. Shane Douglas is out of there. Public Enemy has run away. They've all left the building, those chicken shit pussies. JT Smith is the man in the ring. Why? Now, oh, I hate Aaron Paul. He talks like this right now. Oh, if you want to change things, you don't do it this way. I mean, he's the fucking biggest heel there is. JT Smith, rip shit. I like this. <laughs> Everybody's pussied out and ran away. Nice flannel, buddy. <laughs> Mr. Hughes is gone. Douglas is gone. JT Smith, JT Smith looking like a star here. I know. Show wrapping up with JT Smith being... <laughs> nice woman time. Haven't you learned all you have to do is pay, Tommy Cairo? You couldn't <laughs> pay my hundred dollars, so you had to pay with blood. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna be like crazy Eddie today. I'm crazy. I'm gonna give it to you for 75, Tommy Cairo. One last chance. We don't need this match. 75 hours, Tommy Cairo. I'm crazy Eddie. I'm insane, Tommy Cairo. But all you have to do is pay, Tommy Cairo. All you have to do is pay. Do you think you're gonna get this cane off that pole before me? Do you think maybe you're gonna hit me over the head with this cane? Do you think maybe you would hit woman with this cane? Huh. And peaches sideways isn't half the pain. Ooh, sideways what? isn't half the pain. Oh shit! Fuck, that was nasty, woman. Yeah, damn. <laughs> that was great. All right, so that wraps up that episode, and shit, things are heating up here. But I, I did like that JT Smith finish because this whole episode, if you look back at it, is kind of centered around the underdogs. So this episode from May 24th, it kicked off with a recap of Mikey Whipwreck winning the TV title. He had his interview, his highlight package, and then he even defended against Kevin Sullivan and came out on top via DQ. So he was able to hang on to his TV title there. And then we... We got to this um, the shitty match, Chad Austin versus Keith Scherr, but <laughs> Chad Austin pulled off the win, and he's even going to have a title shot next week against Shane Douglas for the ECW championship, the heavyweight championship, so another underdog going for a title. And then here in this big match, Shane Douglas, public enemy, Mr. Hughes, Terry Funk gets kicked out of the match and is replaced by J.T. Smith, who ends up being like the sole survivor who was about to finish off Shane Douglas with a figure four and then referee distraction and a whole bunch of fucking hoopla went on that caused everybody to leave the building and fight outside the building. JT Smith struggled out limping as he came in limping because he was already hurt. He went in limping, left limping, but fucking fought like a champion. And he's the one we see leaving at the end. So this was like a total underdog episode. So that was pretty cool that they had like a whole theme here. <laughs> so cool shit there. And, you know, 
I'm going to give a little preview of what's to come for next week. So Yeah, do it up. All right, so on next week's episode, it continues from the same taping. It's May 13th. Uh, we're going to get a good amount of matches. You're going to have Sabaloma. He's back. Sabaloma versus Donnie Allen. Tasmaniac is going to be in action against Kyle Shearer. So another Shearer. So another Shitty Tights brother. Uh. <laughs> the Pitbull is going to be in action against Damian Stone. We'll have to see who the fucking who that guy is. And then you're going to have that championship match. Shane Douglas versus Chad Austin. And then Terry Funk's going to be in action against Hack Myers. Who Hack Myers ends up becoming a big ECW mainstay for a while as being like this crazy hardcore wrestler. So Terry Funk versus this big hardcore wrestler Hack Myers. That should be some good shit too. And then also, just a little preview. And I won't say the name, but all I'll say is that Sabu is looking for an opponent for June 24th. Okay. And his opponent is going to be Bang Bang. Oh, nice. <laughs> so it's going to be sweet. So we're going to see the, the debut of that man next time here on the Extreme ECW livecast. All right. So let's now get into our ECW wrap up. And like I said, in two weeks, we'll be covering that. So that'll be the May 31st and June 7th, 1994 episodes. That'll be coming at you in two weeks. But also check out our show this week on the Bottom Line Wrestling Cast. That's episode 79. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock from WrestleMania 17. And we'll be covering the build-up to that from the go-home shows. And then also we'll, we'll cover some of the big matches from WrestleMania 17 also on that episode. And also we will have a special watch-along version of Stone Cold versus The Rock available too on the bottom line wrestling cast feed within these weeks. So check us out over there. If you like what we do here on the extreme ECW live cast. And you can also follow us at extreme cast on Twitter. You can follow us at bottom line cast on Twitter, and you can follow us personally at MPRU eight, three and that John van damage all on Twitter. And again, check out our Facebook group follows there. bottom line wrestling cast. You don't have to just talk bottom line wrestling cast information, Stone Cold, whatnot. You can talk ECW there. Feel free to do that. And with that said, I don't, JV, you got anything left as we head on no, out of here? I tell you, you got me pretty hyped and pumped for what's to come. Anytime Cactus Jack is on his way, shit is gold. Yeah, I can't wait for that. So that'll be at you in two weeks. Uh, we do have one last. Music request as we head out on out of here. And Rick Beebe, you gained the request this week. As usual, you know, I usually get one in there. But this is a good one. I really liked this song in the nineties. Yeah, it's I don't know exactly what the time frame is, but it is definitely around this time in nineteen ninety four. And it is Collective Soul Shine. So take a listen to that. Thanks guys for listening. We'll be back in two weeks. So long. <laughs> 